everybody, and welcome to episode 498 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are sitting at home playing in front of your computer or you are hitting your local commander playtime, that sounds weird. <laughs> playtime, com- your my commander playtime. At your local game store, we are here for you. Commander playtime is like when you take your commander out of the deck and you just let them do whatever they want. Like, Oh, yeah, you're just like, sometimes go Sometimes they don't want to fight, you know? You don't have to get creatures back from the graveyard. You don't have to no. have upkeep triggers. No. You don't have to do anything. You can just, like, go run in a field, yeah. play in a ball pit, Perhaps go to have the a zoo. nice time. Yeah, whatever I was they want. Say commander playtime is when you play commander, but it's in a ball pit at a McDonald's. Ooh, <laughs> unsanitary, but gross. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how many germs and, uh, are in any given ball pit? Do you think there's research about ball pit germs? Oh, there has to be. There has to. There be. has to be. How d- germ infected are ball pits? We ask the, the News questions at nine. Need more at nine. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we're gonna look up how many germs are in ball pits. How many yes. germs? Yes. In addition are to that, we will pits. talk about Mark Rosewater's State of Design 2022 article, where he does a little retrospective on all of the sets that have come out in the past year, and talks about what he thinks R&D research and design did well, what lessons he thinks that they learned, what misstep, missteps perhaps he thinks that he, they made. Um, and surprising all of us, last year include, in the past year includes Innistrad Midnight Hunt somehow. Ooh, how is that possible? How is that possible? That was know. a full two to three years ago. Yeah, it was at least nine years yes, ago. <laughs> exactly. It was forever ago, but it is still in this state of design article. Uh, we'll also, of course, have a Scryfall around randomizer segment and so much more yeah i love mark's state of design article because Mm -hmm. it kind of gives us a picture of like what's coming in the future when magic is thinking about how they want to design future sets yeah and what lessons they learned like oh we're listening to you that they learned from everybody who played the sets and the issues or that they might have had with it and the things they liked about it. Yes. So I love his um, his articles for those reasons. Um, Maria, hit <laughs> us with how many germs are in a ball pit? All right. This is from a study in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's from WebMD, the site you should never go to. Um, found 31 bacterial species and one species of yeast. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Some of those bugs are responsible for pink eye, urinary tract infections, bloodstream infections, heart inflammation, and more. But they say it's no more dangerous than, like, you know, anything that children are Eating involved the in. hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, unless you're immunocompromised, you, sh- you, you can, know, you, you can, can go in the ball pit. You can go in the ball pit. Just, like, wash your hands, please, oh, after right. the ball pit. Yeah. Well, there you go. Not Ball pits. Not as bad as you thought they were. This doctor said, let common sense dictate. But personally, I'd rather see kids outside where there's ventilation. (laughs) Do you know what? Great point, doctor. That was 2019, you know. Wow. Before we all knew how much we truly needed ventilation. Ventilation. (laughs) Who boy. Uh, Before we get started this week, uh, thank you so much to everybody who throws a couple bucks right at our faces every single month on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Yes. Thank you so much for keeping the show going and special shout out to Manuel, who is the only person between us and a sad trombone noise. Good job, Manuel. Thank you so much for upping your pledge this past month. It really does mean the world to us and especially in fiscally uncertain times for everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, Um, If you are able right now to 
become a patron. You don't have to be one for forever. No. Um, is the great part about it. If you need to not later, you're like, hey, I have it, the money now, but I'm worried that I won't in the future. It's okay. You can stop in the future. And that means right now while you can, you're covering all the people who can't. You're yeah. making it so that we can still make this show. Um, because we want everyone to be able to listen to it all the time, regardless of whether they're being like, yep, economically stable or like, no, economic turmoil for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we truly do want to be here for you. So thank you so much for making that possible as patrons of the show. Your donation supports not only this show, but everybody else who can't donate at this time. So thank you, Manuel. We'll give you a shout out if you up your pledge or join before our next episode, patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF, an excellent place to go for all of your magic needs, like Double Masters, Double Masters. which is out now. If you are looking, you're like, no, I want to play Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. They've got it. They've if you're got like, it. I just want some hot singles and I want them immediately for my for play on like several days from now. You're like, I want to play this weekend with a new deck. Order those cards from Card Kingdom and they will likely arrive in time because their fast their fasting is so ship. <laughs> <laughs> Their shipping is so fast. And they've got a great section on their website called uh, Card Kingdom Deals, and they've just got random stuff up there that they have deals on. For example, right now, they have uh, Neon Dynasty Collector Boosty Packs uh, mm -hmm. for a couple bucks off, which is kind of cool, or Adventures in the Forgotten Realms um, Collector Boosty for a couple bucks off. Or if you're like, I want one of those double feature packs. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, in a we'll talk about feature. that. Yeah, it's going to come up in Mark's article. But you can get one of those uh, bad boys for a buck off. Mm -hmm. um, and I cracked one a few months ago just because I was like, what do these actually look like? They're super pretty. Yeah. Do I want to probably play an entire draft and not know what my opponent is really doing? No. No. But I will definitely crack a boosty of them because they're, they're, they are gorgeous in and yeah. of themselves in that silver foil treatment. So for sure. Anyway, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. <laughs> Maria, it's time for the Scryfall Randomizer. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Ooh. I've got one for you. You hear that? All um, right. Do you want? Do you want to go first? Uh, yes. No. Maybe so. Um. I'll no. No. You. You show me first. All right. I'm going to show you something. Prepare yourself wow. for what you're about to see. I could not possibly have been prepared. There's no way you can be prepared. What is this? Okay, so we're looking at what is a battle on a hilltop. Uh, the battle is An between, electrified hilltop. Yes, thank you for specifying it, is what appears to be an electrified hilltop. Whatever that um, means. There is in the foreground uh, what looks like kind of an elf. They've got really weird cubist elf ears. Yeah. Um, and they're fighting like what looks like a, a porcupine. A <laughs> goblin in porcupine armor. <laughs> Or some kind of goblin-y thing in yeah. porcupine armor and a big, like, armor claw and lots of sharp teeth. And then in the far back, there's, like, a blue, perhaps djinn-type creature also wielding a sword. But really right in the middle is what we got to talk about. Because there is what appears to probably be, like, a, a minotaur, I guess. Yeah, that's a minotaur. The minotaur is wearing a loincloth, and that is all. <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, and they're... Beware of the they're, wind. Wailing with a sword on another 
armor-coated something. None of these creatures appear to be the same type of creature. No. They are all different creatures fighting on an electrified hilltop. The Minotaur is what you need to talk the most about because the Minotaur's just got some really buff legs. Those are some like thighs. Exceedingly buff legs and torso. Thighs for the eyes, you yes. know? Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, what do you think the name of this card is? A battle on the hill. <laughs> The actual name is Powerstone Minefield. Wow. Powerstone Minefield. Okay. Yeah. This is a land. Um, and this land has um tap, sacrifice a creature, add three colorless mana to your mana pool. Wow. Okay, well, good guess. It's not. It's an enchantment. Whoa. For two red white. Okay. Which I guess Minotaurs. Well, they're yeah, also Minotaurs are in red. Red and white. Yeah. And they became red and black at some point. Um, enchantment. Whenever a creature attacks or blocks, Power Stone Minefield deals two damage to it. Oh, That's yeah. pretty good. That is pretty good. Like, it would just hose an army. What is this from? This is an, a rare from Apocalypse. Okay. And I looked up Apocalypse to make sure I knew where it was from. It's the 23rd expansion released in June of 2001 as the third set and second small expansion of Invasion Block. Wow. Yeah. Never thought about it in my life. It had 143 cards. Okay. Um, yeah. And the expansion symbol you can see in the corner here, that's Yogmoth's mask. Oh. That's what that is. Um, geez. All right. I feel oh, like right. that card is wild. Also, blocking creatures get hit, too. Yeah, that's rough for everybody. I mean, do you play this card? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you could draft a really cool deck. I would for sure draft this card. If there's some sweet, like, high big booty creatures that yeah. you can just draft, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, what do you got? Okay, you I know, know this one. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at the art of a beautiful bird in flight, and we're seeing it from underneath. Mm -hmm. So we see its cute little belly, and it's got an eyeball on it, and it has a trail of magic coming out of its butt. Um, it's a beautiful night sky. There's lovely clouds. It's Swan Song. It is Swan Song. Swan Song. That's so a gorgeous nice. piece of art, it honestly. It really is. Um, art by Peter Moorbacher. Uh, yeah, it's an instant, of course, single blue. Counter target enchantment, instant or sorcery spell. Its controller puts a 2-2 blue bird creature token with flying onto the battlefield. First from Theros. Well, that was first in Theros. Yeah. Gosh. Um, part of a pretty sweet combo deck. Yeah. Um, it's also just like a lot of combo decks love to run this counter spell because it only costs a single blue mana. Yeah. So if they try to disrupt you in the middle of your combo, you likely have a blue that you can cast it with. And the bird just isn't gonna matter. No, the bird you're, does not matter. You're playing a game style where like the bird doesn't matter. In draft, the bird matters. Yes. In constructed, the bird, bird don't matter. Don't matter. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time to talk about the state of magic design here in 2022. Wow. Okay. I mean, personally, how do you feel magic's doing this year? Has I mean, done this year. Okay. Every time that I talk to someone who hasn't played magic in a little while, but yeah. used to, and they're like, how is magic doing? I'm like, gangbusters. Well, it is. It's That's just a fact. Fiscally going. <laughs> fiscal fact. Fiscal fact. <laughs> gangbusters. Um, it's what they write. It's what yeah. the Hasbro writes in their shareholders report. In their shareholder report. call. Um, I'd like to say we're going gangbusters. Exactly. Just absolutely. Um. Pushing the button on the money machine. Yeah, they are. Um, but magic wise, I will say, okay, 
past year. Here's my takeaway. Neon Dynasty knocked it out of the park hit. Absolutely. Home run and beyond. Home run city. You're never finding that baseball. The baseball was busted by the impact of the bat. Yep. 100%. I don't know how they would ever handle that in a real game of baseball. I feel like you got to give them a home run. Right? If you... Physically hit the ball and the so ball explodes that it explodes. That's a home run. Impact. How is that not the centerpiece of some inspirational film oh, about baseball? Gotta be right, like rookie of the year, but he hits the ball so hard it and like explodes. explodes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Anyways, and then there's like the whole like referee call. They run into the middle of the field and they're like, "What do we do? Like, what do we do? Look at the rule book. Look at the rule book. Where there's nothing in the rule book that, that says, says dogs can't play baseball. <laughs> wait, wait, that's wait, not the no. moment. That's not the case that we're talking about, though. If there was a dog here, that then wouldn't be a would problem. Be relevant, but besides but not. that, yes. Anyways, so um, yeah, yeah. Um, out of the park. Everything else. A little underwhelming. So what do we have when we say everything else? In Astrad Midnight, Hun- Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow. And Neon Streets Dynasty. of New Capenna. Streets of New Capenna. Yep. Those are the ones that I think We're of. not going to count um, Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Yes. In even this. though he does talk about it. He does it talk about it. Um, but Which I also think fell a little flat. We're talking about, you know. Yes. Core core magic set situation here. Um, What's How do you feel the past year has been, Maria? Yeah. I think that the themes um, I was... Uh, in love with the themes. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Like, I think Innistrad, everybody loves Innistrad, obviously. And then we got Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, and Crimson Vow I loved even more than Midnight Hunt because mm-hmm. I love vampires. And I love the wedding theme. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, ooh, I really love highly th- thematic sets. So, yes, I was happy about that. Neon yeah. Dynasty was in- incredible. We've already mentioned that. Streets of Nukapenna, love the theme. Very cool 1920s gangster era kind of thing going on. But... As far as like experience playing with the sets and as far as the impact that the cards ended up having to make on the formats that we were playing in the big championships, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like um, we were doing a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So that's my overall take. Love the flavor. Love the art. Love the ideas behind the sets. But it just didn't make enough of a splash for me overall. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about how Mark Rosewater sees what has gone down already in 2022. Um, He says the highlights of what they were focusing on so far this year is pushing the boundaries of what magic can do. Um, He said, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, if we did some of the things we did this year, I would have said no way. That's pretty cool because I really appreciate the fact that magic isn't sitting back on its laurels and just being Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're just going to design the same thing that we've always, always designed and people can take it or leave it. They're constantly pushing, which we always advocate for on this show, trying something new, trying something different, pushing the boundaries of magic. Um, So I'm glad that he agrees with that. Yeah. Here's my question. Yeah. When we talk about this. What do you see as something in the past year that has pushed the boundaries of magic? I don't know what he's talking about. I do wish that he had said specifically, yeah. right? I'm like, what? I wonder what he said. Um, for me, I'm thinking about it, I guess, kind of more on the marketing end push of it with the Neon Dynasty and with all the new sets being a content creators like we are, them sending us really cool like boxes of stuff, of merch mm-hmm. to celebrate the new set. Um, which we've got so much Kamigawa stuff on our yeah. set right now because it was great. Like the music that they made for Kamigawa? The music. They had a they had great playlist of Kamigawa music. Uh, the trailer for Kamigawa was just gorgeous. 
um, the neon ink card style I thought was really cool and putting yep. like kind of that chase card into certain packs. I think that's a neat idea. Um, so like I'm talking about promotional and stuff, I guess, is the way that I am thinking of it. As far as design, I don't know what answer I would give to that. Yeah, I guess. And that's that's kind of interesting to me because he's looking at it from the perspective yeah, right. of R&D. Exactly. Um, and so I guess if I think about what are some cool things that we've seen cards do this year, um, one thing that comes to mind is the three color commons in Streets of New Capenna that you could oh, like, sure. exile yeah. um, and make a land, make a land, make a land, do that job, do that do tap for any one of those three colors. Yeah. Huge fan of that. Exactly. Like that was super cool. Um, I thought that like some of the stuff that they did with day night. Yeah. Like the switch for day night and like redoing the way werewolves work was kind of cool. It looked um, beautiful on arena. Yeah, exactly. It looked really good. Um, we saw the sagas that transform into creatures. I think that yeah, that's a big one. That's a great when one. When we talk about what was really innovative this yeah, year. Loved it. Um, those were like, those were just very, very cool. And I, I guess if I had to pick one. Yeah. That would probably be it. The sagas that transform into creatures? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, that and then reconfigure is also kind of in that space, right? Of the stuff that it's like, oh, it can be, it can become an artifact that attaches to something or you can unattach it and it's still its own creature. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, the other two things he mentioned as highlights from this year were experimenting with how to properly readjust the color pie. Spe oh, white cards are playable now. <laughs> yeah, white. So specifically white, he calls yeah. out. <laughs> As trying to figure out white. Um, and I do think white, you know, got got better this year. It certainly did. I mean, Angelic Overseer. Oh, yeah. Sure did stomp on the face of every other card yeah. in Streets of New Capenna. <laughs> yes. And he mentions he's going to talk about that a little bit later. Yes. How good that card was. But yeah, finding out white's deal a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and ad we adapted our design to the feedback of our customers. I'm like, what? Yeah. You've never done that before? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do. Again, I wish that there was like more specifics there. We'll tweet at him. Yeah. Hey, Mark. In what, what ways? In what ways? Um, yeah, I think it's, for that, some things that come to mind are perhaps um, the sets like Commander Legends um, and Double Masters that are just like, oh, hey, you want more Commander playable cards. Sure. Reprints of some Commander staples. Yeah. Is a big part of it. Um, more legendary creatures to play with. Uh, maybe some stuff like that. And he also lists three main lessons that they learned so far this year. Number one, we need to be more conscious about backwards compatibility. We're now designing for what I call a, quote, eternal world, where the core of magic play involves a full history of the game. This means we must be better about understanding how current designs play with older designs, um, which is super interesting that he says this because I remember not too long ago them being like, we don't test for modern. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. They're just like, do you, do you think we have enough time to do that? This is before yeah. they expanded R&D and everything. Yeah. Right. And they're just like, no, I'm sorry. We just don't have the time yeah. or the people. Yep. And it's like, oh, no, if you're trying to push pioneer or historic or anything, you need to be testing for that. Yes. Um, and he talks also in Midnight Hunt about some some more of that yes. specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In mechanics. Um, he also says we need to be careful with complexity. Uh, so yeah. he says like, kind of like you were talk just talking about as moving towards that more like eternal world. Sounds religious. I know. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Um, Here we go. more complexity in each set. Um, but, like, making sure that there's not too much complexity. Yeah. Right? You don't have, like, old school oubliette text on here where it's like the font is getting smaller and smaller and smaller just, just so you can accommodate all of the things that are on there yeah um i yeah. do think we definitely saw an uptick in complexity with this year of magic yes. releases we've talked about how many words were on cards and sets oh yeah it's a lot and it's a lot of words um that was a conscious decision by r&d yeah um and i agree with it i think mm-hmm. upping the complexity is a good strategy for magic to differentiate itself yeah. from other card games that have grown to be similar um, but of course they can't push it too far. No. Um, and I think, right. I do think that for the most part, we've landed in a pretty good space. Yeah, I agree. There, there were some notable cards like Lagrella the magpie, uh, which was the card where you were like, you read the card and you're like, can you tell me what happens? I know. I remember I was like, Megan, Megan, what do you think this card does? And then I read it to you and you're just like, you sat there for a couple of seconds. You did get it right. Yeah. But it was still, it's like a card where. It's an uncommon, so you shouldn't have to sit there and be like, okay, what does this uncommon do? Yeah, yeah, um, agree. For a little bit. And finally, he says, we need to be more conscious of how we talk about our products. A lot of the mistakes this last year were not about what we designed, but in how we communicated to the audience what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I think communication can be on their short list of things to improve at for the rest of time. Yes. Foreseeable. We can all improve at communication. Especially rom-coms. Yes. <laughs> I mean, communication would solve rom-coms and the genre would be dead. I think the genre be would be dead. <laughs> That's this a is a rom-com point. in which That's everyone communicates point. perfectly. Wow. Nothing happens. They get together and they everything together goes fine. So let's take us all back in time to Innistrad Midnight Hunt, which was definitely this year. Wow. It definitely happened in the last year. I saw this article and I was like, what? Yes. Yep. Absolutely unbelievable. So what are the highlights of Innistrad Midnight Hunt? The new mechanics were mostly popular. Yeah. So Decayed, Disturb, and Day Night were the three mechanics that we saw in this set. Decayed was the zombies. The zombie one. uh, Which was great. I really enjoyed Decayed. I enjoyed all of the interactions with like attacking. And then if you have an instant speed sacrifice effect. Yeah, exactly. You can sacrifice that zombie. Um, Or it also just made combat interesting, right? Instead of being like... Is now the time to throw all these zombies at my opponent or is later the time to throw all these zombies at my opponent since they only get one go? The only problem with Decayed for me was the animation on Arena, which happened every time you had a Decayed trigger. It was it was too much, too much, too much, it was too much. But that's a lesson we can learn and take into the future yeah. with similar repeatable effects like that. Disturb was great. Love Disturb. Um, it's a callback to like a classic Innistrad and in general magic mechanic, which is how do you get stuff back from the graveyard? You disturb it. And, and in this case, you disturb you it. You poke it with a stick. I loved it. And Day Night, which I thought was played so cool on Arena. Yes. One other note, though, is the Arena specific nature of it um, caused it to be um, ever ongoing throughout the rest of the game when it yeah. was not relevant. Yes. Um, Although you never know because you might play something again later. Yes. It, and then it will become because relevant again. Relevant. So is there a way, you know, whatever. I'm not sure what the answer yeah. to that is. I never played that set in real life as far as draft is concerned. Which is interesting. I, I am intrigued to know how it plays if you're just I think in I paper. Would for, I think I'd forget about it. We'll see. I mean, yeah. Um, but I do like that it gave you, right, there was always the way that you could try and control your opponent's werewolves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, being mindful or your own by being mindful of when you cast your spells. Um, but I did specifically like, yeah, that it was, um, 
Yeah, it was something that you could more like you're doing it for the whole board. Yeah, you're not just thinking about triggering your werewolves. You're like, okay, how do I? Do I want it to be day? Do I want it to be night? How do I achieve either of one of those things? So apparently they spent a lot of time in design discussing whether it goes away if no cares on the cards on the table care about it. So that oh. was a long discussion. Um, and they eventually settled on the way that it is, obviously. Um, and then there was a little criticism that it was hard to track in tabletop and people yeah. would forget about it. Um I think it's strange if you're playing an older format <laughs> quotes on arena and a, and a day night thing happens. I'm always like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because it's even some card that doesn't you know, care. It doesn't matter. And yeah. It's like, okay. and it's like, Oh now I'm stuck in this day night thing for the rest of this game. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Well, yeah. Um, they say that the addition of witches and folk horror was appreciated on Innistrad. Huge thumbs which, up. Which like, yeah, we love the midsummer vibe. Hello. It's spooky. Midsummer vibe to one of the top vibes. I mean, not if it's actually happening to you. Uh-huh. Then it's one of the bottom vibes. <laughs> Midsummer vibe, either top vibe or bottom vibe, but not anywhere in the middle. Nowhere in between. Nowhere in between. Um, and in this case, top vibe. Top vibe. Spooky witches, top vibe. Uh, he said they like to revisit old characters. Like we got Arlen Cord a new card. Oh, yeah. She was great. Oh, everyone. I love seeing Arlen. Arlen. Yeah. Everybody loves seeing Arlen. Yes. And that players enjoyed uh, the premiere of Multicolor Flashback and the New Land Cycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Lessons for right. Midnight Hunt. Let's get into the negatives. Yes. Werewolves didn't get their due. No kidding. Yes. It just was like there were not enough. Well, that's, yeah, one part of it. There were not enough. There was only the one legendary, Tavalar. Yep. Even though he was great. He was great. Um, And also they were the worst... They were the tribe to yes, draft. they were the worst archetype to draft. How is I think that possible? That was one of the biggest things. That's my main memory of this um, set, which they, is unfortunate. Yes, and also he calls out they didn't get an accompanying commander deck, oh, which is like wild. That seems very strange. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Huh. Um, it was okay. yeah. So it was like not a great werewolf set, considering that it was supposed to be werewolves. I remember at the time we talked about it and we're like, hey, isn't this supposed to be a werewolf set? I th- yes. I'm pretty sure werewolves are the worst thing to draft. And then they, they were. were. They really were. They absolutely were. Oof. Big time. That's a big oof from me. Um, day night wasn't backwards compatible. Yep. So they were talking about how this plays just in terms of when you're playing old Innistrad werewolves. They're going to flip day night werewolves yeah. and they flip different. And that is that a is weird. Mess. It's really weird. Really difficult uh, to keep track of. Um, colors weren't of equal power level in limited formats, especially draft. We already talked yeah. about this. Werewolves were just bad. Blue black zombies were just head and shoulders good. above the rest. So good. It's really good. Yes. Um, you know, I just really hate sitting down at a draft table and feel like I'm railroaded into a color t- pair. Yes. I just don't like it. Exactly. Please especially no. when everyone's trying to draft it because they feel like it's the strongest. Yeah. And you're like, even like either I force and I end up with a bad scraped together from too little deck or I end up with a bad deck because it's in the open color pair, but it's the bad one. Or even worse, you draft a really awesome deck in another color pair, but it just can't hang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you draft Sad. a quote unquote great red green deck, yeah. but like it's just still it's not, not good, good enough. That's a tragedy Woof. right there. Yeah. Uh, he also mentions double feature being a big miss, and we just talked about that in our yeah. opening segment. I don't know who played this. I don't. I literally, it was like, I remember being like, oh, it's going to happen. And then it was just like a blip on the radar. Like it never came across yeah. my radar again. Because I think like it happened once and people online were like, yeah, you can't, you don't know what your opponent's doing. You can't doing. see what you're doing at all. You can't. I mean, 
cool idea. And the cards looked cool. They did look cool. And the idea of like a spooky double feature is cute. It is cute, especially because yeah. you can put both sets together, but it wasn't different different enough experience, number one. Yeah. And it was ungrockable, number two. Yeah. So I don't know. There's your lessons. Yeah, it was just weird. We also, we didn't really touch on this, but like Coven was only, was oh, like. Oh yeah, Coven. Okay, an okay mechanic. Yeah, Coven. It wasn't Coven. unpopular, but also it wasn't like, it wasn't a big player. Yeah. So next up. Crimson yep. Vow. Yeah. So they talk about how one of the highlights is um, having mechanics overlap between sets and people really liking that. Absolutely. Which is very cool because especially now that we have single blocks, generally speaking, like that doesn't really happen. Yeah. You just see a set of mechanics and then they're gone for the next set. I know. That's that's a tragedy. I think yeah. if you if you made me choose, I would say I would prefer to have these two set structures. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if they go back to it because I think Wizards knows that maybe people prefer that. Yeah. Because um, this was really nice, having some continuity. Yes, more time on Innistrad. Yeah. Yeah. And they talk about also how so like people liked that the disturbed mechanic evolved yep right it goes from a person becoming a ghost to a ghost becoming an enchantment great great um blood was a great mechanic loved blood really good mechanic blood all time yes the only thing i'm sad really about really solid is that it's specifically blood so it's a little weird to just put it in any sense you can just, what? <laughs> there's always some kind of blood are you, going so, on. Are you trying to tell me there will be blood <laughs> Is Maria, that what you're trying to exactly say? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. I, can, I mean, it's a battle. There will be blood. Yeah, there will be blood. blood right? token, that's what don't I'm care. Um, the Dracula cards were cool. I did love about those. those being well received. Yeah, so these are like yeah. where um, Dracula, like they took Another actual IP. characters from yeah. Dracula and overlaid them on cards from exactly. the set. Um, it was cool in Ikoria. It was cool in this. Yeah. Soren as Dracula. Great. That's how I have him on Into my arena it. account. Yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah. And the, like people th- like the wedding theme. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun. It was a, it was a cool vibe. Even if it was a spooky vampire wedding where yeah. someone was like thought manipulated into marrying Olivia. Yeah. I mean, still spooky and cool. Still spooky and cool. What are the lessons we learned from Crimson Vow? Um, they say it didn't feel like a horror setting. Well, that's because it was a wedding setting. A wedding setting. <laughs> yes. Wedding horror. Wedding I mean, setting. What are you going to do? I think they did yeah. the best that they could do with it being a wedding and being horror. Mm-hmm. Like, what more do you want? I don't know. Blood was dripping down the altar. <laughs> and it was. And it was. Blood altars. Exactly. Probably, I'm sure that's already a card. There is blood fountain. There is blood fountain. See? Yes. Um. Anyways. Of course, blood blood soaked altar is a card. Oh, there you go. Reprint. Um. Anyways, also they said the training cleave and exploit were all more misses than hits. Yeah, training was training like, what? boring. Did that did that even happen? Cleave was cool, but it's also just kicker. Yeah, it was, but done more complicatedly. Right. That's a yeah. spot where we're talking about like the yeah. complexity. You could just bring down the complexity and just be like, it's kicker. It's kicker. Um, and exploit. I do like exploit as a mechanic. Um, but it's not like it wasn't a, it's never a big splashy one. Yeah. It's just like an, oh, also. And a little tacked on yeah. feel. Um, he says the limited formats were too bomb heavy, which we can all agree with if you played this set. Yeah. You needed the bombs. You needed that wedding invitation. Yep. Et cetera. Um, if you wanted to play. And so we had two limited sets that kind of felt like we really got kicked yeah. back to back, yep. which wasn't really fun. And similarly, vampires just needed to be better. Yeah, I agree. Like vamps, 
didn't you have a deck coming out set, of this. Make a vamp um, deck. And th- you could draft vamps, which was an improvement over werewolves just being a stinky archetype. Yeah. I mean, you could At draft At least them. it was a draft archetype. But, but it wasn't yeah. a standard deck. And I remember being so excited for vampires and standard. And mm-hmm. then it just didn't happen. Yeah. And they also talked about, I, w- I agree with this one. Like Audric, who, was, who has always been a cool character, yeah. had a card that was just like completely whatever. Yeah, for who sure. Who cared? It was, uh, we put him, him, I think he was on our top 10 worst rares list. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. He was Ugh. just deeply. Sorry, Audric. Yeah. Next up, we come to our highlight of the year, which is Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Great set. And that's what yep. it even says is the first highlight. It was the home run set of the year. And it was set up to be so. Yes. Like it was set up for success, honestly, yes. if you think about the marketing push and everything which behind I think it. it goes to show that if you set something up for success, it will generally succeed. What if, I mean, I don't know what kind of resources they put behind each of yes. these individually or whatever, but what if... There, it seems to me there are more directed towards Kamigawa. Yeah. They had done the same thing for the, all of the other sets. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, do they think, is there some amount of fatigue that eventually sets in? Like, you can't have something of that hype? I don't know. All the time? Because then that hype level becomes normal? Hype level midnight. <laughs> hype level midnight. But wait, what if you had some hype level 10 p.m.s and then hype level midnight, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, everything has baseline <laughs> hype level 10 p.m. <laughs> And one set Max gets to be midnight. Hype level midnight. Um, yes. But this set was hype level midnight. For sure. Whole way through. And it absolutely paid off for them. Yeah. Players also, he says, enjoyed the core conflict of tradition versus mod- modernity. Yeah. It was great. This was cool to see in Kamigawa. I think it also got around the problem of like everyone, want, like so many players want to return to this plane. Yeah. But like... The, the original plane was plagued with problems. Yes. Um, yes. It was not like a wildly successful set the first time around. What are you going to do? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we can say boop a thousand years later. Yeah. Boop, look. Push a button a thousand now years later. Now we're in the 80s, synthwave exactly. town. Um, which you is- think all, all them rats listen to, to synth music? <laughs> yeah, all the all the rats are listening to synthwave in Kamigawa. Nice. Um, which On is kind of like- motorcycles. <laughs> In their rat jackets. Sorry, keep going. Um, It goes to show you that they were so, so, so scared of going back to Kamigawa. Yes. Right? And then they said, okay, well, we're going to try and do it. We hired a cultural consultant Mm -hmm. to help us out, make sure we did everything right. We poured every, you know, we did so much research. We treated the set so well. And it's like, look what happened. Guess what? It worked. (laughs) And you know what? If you're afraid of something, (laughs) but the only thing keeping you from doing it well is a lot of effort. Do the effort. Do the effort. I mean, in this case, it also means money. But like, if yeah. you're a, a multi-billion-dollar corporation, that's not yeah. actually a hurdle for you. Uh, just do it. Put just the do money it. at it. Put the effort at it. Put the money and effort at it. There you Worth go. Worth it. Um, people love the throwback references. Yes. Which we mentioned. You know, people wanted to come back for a long time. It was a super fun draft format. Oh, it was so much fun. I did the. I, it's quick draft oh. right now. Oh, you can great. go have like just a little trip down memory lane. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. Ninjutsu as a mechanic. I love it. A stinking love. I love it. Especially since in this set they did such a good job with not making any of the ninjutsu. It's like great if it happens, but it's not you're not just completely wrecked by it. Exactly. Um, so good. And 
the shrines. Did you everybody any, ever have anyone draft a shrine deck against you? Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So cool. Very cool. Stinking cool. We love those build around uncommons, r and Yes, we do. Um, yep, they're saying like everyone loved the mechanics, reconfigure, saga creatures. Ugh. Yep. I loved saga creatures. Ninjutsu, like we were saying. Channel. I love channel as a mechanic. Oh, yeah. Great mechanic. Channel. Um, classic, you can use your card to do something else instead. Yeah. Um, and we got those new lands, by the way. Oh, yeah. With the Japanese uh, wording on them. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Love those lands. Um, yep. It, it Just so good. So what were the negatives of Kamigawa? Number one, players were sad we were there for only one set. Yeah, going we back to what about we were it. saying. It was just one. In and out. In and out. And we're like, no. In and out. And it's like, oh, what if we got to hang around here? Because who knows when we'll be able to go back. I know. And who knows how it will be executed when we go back. (sighs) Um, He's like, some people, like, it didn't necessarily bring back elements that some players wanted. Well, okay. You can't do everything. You can't do everything. They're like, oh, there's not enough spirits really, you know, having a thing go on. Arcane isn't a thing. Um, I think he's nitpicking here. I know. Arcane was such a... Because that's what you have to do for Kamigawa. Yeah, because it was so good. To find some lowlights because it was so good. Like, Arcane is incomprehensible. Yeah. Speaking of complexity, (laughs) it took me... I want to say it took me four years between the first time I read an Arcane card and understanding actually what was happening. (laughs) That's that's all I'm saying. Probably a solid four years. Would you say it was Arcane to you? Kind of. I would say that, Maria. Wow. I would. Full circle. (laughs) Um, You think it wasn't always clear when a creature was an enchantment or artifact? I don't know that I had that problem. They have their nice pretty borders. I didn't notice that You have your pretty happening. enchantment creatures yeah. and your nice, sleek artifact creatures. You thought the complexity was a tad high. I We will, look, what we're saying is that we will take no, no. No We complaints. reject all of your criticisms. We reject all complaints about Kamigawa Neon I don't Neon think the Dynasty. complexity was too high. I, I agree. The complexity was not too high. Um, p- players weren't happy with Samurai's mechanical identity. Actually, that one's fine. That's fine. That's I'll fine. It's true. That. It was, it was, it was like, very whatever. low key. Yep. It was low key Samurai. They're situation. like, Hey, we're here, but yep. eh, let's not make a big deal about it. <laughs> Which should be ninjas thing. That should be how we felt about ninjas. Oh, we're here, but don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> and finally for us, we've got, uh, streets of Nukapenna. Yes. Highlights. Um, players were excited to see the return of a three color set. Yes. 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 Ah, I loved cons of Tarkir. That was the last true, true three color set we had. Yes. They talk about, there were some, there was a small three color theme in Ikoria. Yep. But it was not like, oh, cons was truly three colors and it was so (laughs) It was truly three colors. It was truly three colors. (laughs) You Um, know? So we yes, we were very excited. Yes. And then we were sad. But oh, exactly. And he's talked about how the popularity of Commander has increased desire for three color cards. Mm-hmm. Um and it was fun that like it was nice. It was nice to have a set that had uh, so many of them. Yes, agreed. Um the family mechanics were mostly well liked. Um they actually yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, even Blitz, which I remember thinking, "Oh, who cares?" Blitz is I great. I ended up liking I Blitz. I love the choices around Blitz. Um Connive and Casualty, I also really enjoyed. Yep. Um, creature, what they called creature fall, <laughs> um, which was what? Did, what's its actual name? Creature fall. Creature fall. I'm trying to sing this this skyfall song. 
Oh, yeah. It's not happening. Let the creature fall. <laughs> it's a weird song to try and parody. No, I don't it even know. It doesn't lend itself well to it. You sing it and you just sound wrong. Yes. No matter what you do. Maria, what was you're getting around answering my question of what was the actual name of this mechanic? I don't remember. Of creature fall? Yeah, the one where creatures. <laughs> the one where creatures, Maria? <laughs> my memory's so bad. The one where... <laughs> Creatures. Yeah, you know, we all know what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about. Oh, my. (laughs) Alliance. Alliance, there it is. Alliance. People were glad that Alliance happened and had a name. Um... There were cool individual cards. Yep. And Streets of New Capenna was a did have a cool vibe going on. We love the vibe. Top yes. notch vibe, just like the midsummer Top-notch vibe. vibe. Great vibe. Exactly. Without without the tremendous <laughs> <Yes>. lows <laughs> of a midsummer vibe. <laughs> Top vibe without the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Um, not to say it doesn't have its bad moments, but generally speaking, generally. when it goes wrong, it's not going as wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing um, goes as wrong. I don't want to say any spoilers. Uh, fans enjoyed the look and feel of the plane, which is what we just said. Yes. Top notch vibe. Top notch vibe. But what about the downsides of Streets of New Capenna? Um, the plane was a little one note and the factions weren't distinct enough. I agree. I was trying to yeah. put this. I was talking actually with some magic players yesterday and I was kind of trying to put this into words about what with New Capenna made it lose its luster so quickly. It's a good way to put it. So Mark says, the critics of the plane felt it was a little too much about crime. Where was the law enforcement? Does crime mean anything if it's not done in violation of something? Well, I just want to let you know that actually law enforcement doesn't solve crime. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Also, they felt the five families were a bit too similar. Yes, exactly. Okay, sure, I agree with yeah. that. Right? They're all just like, oh, we're all we're crime, all crime. Family. We're all doing like, crime. Okay, but what if, um, the one we talked some about Xander. We actually we talked quite Xander. a bit about Xander because he got to be one of the centerpieces of the magic story, and yes. he was actually great. Great, he Xander was top A plus. Notch, but I agree. Right until we knew that story, yeah, you just look at Xander the card and, like, okay. and the way it's portrayed in the art. And he could be cannot, from any exactly. family. He could have been from any family. Cabaretti would be like, okay. Yeah, I we mean, didn't have all of those like excellent details. Yes. And why do they all have to be crime families? I'm just going to say that. Yeah. You know, if you wanted somebody to be like, oh, we're the people who's trying to stop the crime families. You could have a group that's interested in that, like the brokers yes, or whatever. Exactly. Um, or I wanted like the one, the riveteers. I just have it be the union family. That's just like, we're not about crime. We're about workers rights. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why um, did they all have to be crime? Like, I like exactly. the idea of that. But then in practice, it turns out it to be turns same, out same. That they're all same, same. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Good lesson. Um, there were issues with draft. <laughs> Quote, there were some monocolor commons that were too strong. Wait, what? Which one is he which, talking about? Which one individual <laughs> monocolor common could you possibly be talking about? Could it be a two and a white for a two one flyer that when it ETBs you gain a life and draw a card? No, never. Certainly not. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, which led to the set getting a bit aggressive, making two de- color decks more viable than three color decks, which is disappointing in a three color set. This uh, that absolutely was so it for true. me, yeah. right? Especially when you're like, oh, three colors. Yes, cons was so fun. We've got so these thoroughly three colors, creatures. exactly. Whatever. Yeah, I remember even thinking this um, on pre-release day. 
because I had built a deck that was more two colors and then it just had like, did I even splash? I'm not even sure that I did. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't play the colors that my pack was. Yeah. And so that should have been a big clue to me. Like, uh, yeah, something's a little weird here. So I don't really know how that didn't come up in their yeah. testing, but apparently it didn't or not soon enough. Yeah. Um, there were creative elements that weren't explained well, leading to some confusions. The best example of this was the angels. Yes, and we even read the story, we and did. I didn't understand what was going on. People were like, wait, you say that the angels, like, left or driven from the city ages ago, but why are there angels in the set then? And they're like, oh, it's because the angels at the end of the story came back. But that was not clear even no. in the story. No. Which we read. We did and read. talked about. And also, they never told us how the angels make hay but still never talked about it we had to basically make up our own version which is now canon no we have conflicting versions <laughs> it's obviously milking no it Tastes is like horchata sweat. uh it is angel, see, we would have this angel sweat trademark vodka name we, we wouldn't have this fight if they would have told, if told they us just told us how because Curious minds need to know. Technically, they told us where Giada just like put her hands on the bottle, whatever. And poof, Halo. But no, I don't. I don't buy we it. We disagree. That's a boring explanation. Sorry, it really is. Um, and he says the tricolored land should have been called Triumphs. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. And lastly, uh, he does talk briefly about Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Um, I think that we can just like touch on this lightly. Sure. Um, because there was, right, it was like a lot of fun. It was cool to get another dungeon and see the D&D oh, yeah. world Love again. Love the dungeons. Huge dungeon fan. Yes. Um, but they were saying, like, it felt more like Dungeons and Dragons and Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, too. Yes, it, that's what it felt like, Which is, for sure. Yes, absolutely. It um, it didn't have enough magic call-outs for people. Like, it was just too much D&D. Ah, I see. And not enough magic. Okay. Um, there wasn't much mechanical innovation um, and they're like also calling it Commander Legends. People were like, why aren't there Commander reprints in this? Yeah, should have been. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, it was like, what a year. What a year. Uh, like we're not an, done yet. An absolute home run, not even home run. You evaporated the ball because Ooh, you hit evaporated. it so hard. <laughs> you Didn't hit, it even explode You, ever, you hit something so hard, it evaporates. <laughs> How hard would you have to hit something to evaporate it? This is a great question for all the physicists. Physicists, out there. will you please because tweet it would at have us? To like what generate enough heat? heat? Yeah, that it's that it evaporates it. Also, the ball is solid, so it's not evaporating it; it's sublimating it because it's going straight from a solid to a <laughs> gas. <laughs> okay, okay. Tweet at us at GLHF Magic if you know the answer to this question with the hashtag. Yes. I evaporated my balls. <laughs> It's a long hashtag, so you have to not use a lot of like, hashtag letters. or like no. How hard would you have to hit it just to liquefy baseball? <laughs> yeah, even if we we want to know both liquid and gas, liquid and gas. So okay. Just let us know. Uh, <laughs> they've probably um, done it in the Large Hadron Collider, right? Someone's That's like, just Wait like what they're doing in there. Yeah, they put a baseball in there. Like sometimes well, you gotta have fun. Time to evaporate this baseball, <laughs> scientists. <laughs> I mean, people's bats break all the time when they hit balls. Yeah. But nobody's bat has evaporated. No. No one's... Maria, I'm even going to say no one's bat has melted. Yet. Yet. Hashtag climate change. Especially now that they're metal bats. Yeah. They could melt. They could melt. You could hit a ball hard enough Liquid bat. 
Anyways, do you want to drink? Do you want to try my beer? Oh, what's it called? It's my Halloween beer, Liquid Bat. Ooh, uh, it's not exactly the kind of thing that sounds appetizing, but what does it taste like? <laughs> well, it's exactly what it sounds like. Hard pass. Hard pass. Bat. Everybody, it's come time to say thank you to Alter Pro. Yeah, for uh, their beautiful color of the month, uh, this awesome purple. Look at this. Um, Maria is holding, like, they have a new clear deck box that comes in their Eclipse colors. Uh, it's gorgeous, this beautiful purple. Look at how pretty yes, this is. exactly. I feel like I should be storing a small beanie baby in here for posterity. Ooh, you should. <laughs> Princess Di could go in here. You know what I'm saying, beanie baby people? You know what I'm okay, saying. Okay, it would need to... A mini princess. It'd be, have to be a very tiny one. You could be at the princess dive fair and just put the head in there, <laughs> and then the FBI is going to come arrest. They're going to come you. arrest me. Like, what are you doing, your beanie baby? Um. Anyway, what I'm saying is, it looks like a display case because it's so pro. pretty. Great for your weird beanie baby hobbies or <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Look at this. Um, right, I have their satin deck box, of course, which we talk about all the time, and we talk about these all the time too. But their Eclipse dice. So these purple they're ones, so nice. I think are my favorite that they're I've seen so, so far. They're like a deep purple. They have an iridescent. Um, the sheen colors to them. are bright. They're gorgeous. Um, they come in this plastic case that you can use. Eleven dice set. Put the dice and the arm of your princess die <laughs> beanie baby in there. <laughs> That's what it's for. Do you want to be the neighborhood creeper? We have a fast track way for you. Ultra ultra pro. pro. <laughs> Please keep being our sponsor. <laughs> We're so fire. <laughs> if you want 5% off, use the code GLHF at checkout. Yes. Save yourself some Go money. Go ahead and leave them a comment card how you're going to use your new magic accessories to be creepy about hobbies that you had when you were a kid. Everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. It sure is. Wow. What what a journey through the past year. Yes. I can't believe Midnight Hunt was a year ago. Me either. Um, but uh, we're not even done yet because Dominaria United comes out this fall. I know. So what? exciting. And that should be another, I mean, that's a set in the past I set up as their home run set. Yes. So maybe we'll get two home runs this year. I really hope so. Two evaporated balls. Two. <laughs> <laughs> That was a strong snort for you all. All right, everybody. And on that note, (laughs) thank you to everyone who has become a patron. Um, Thank you to everyone who is a patron. Thank you again to Manuel for becoming a patron. Consider becoming one. It only takes a hot second, um, but that one hot second's worth of typing lasts for a lifetime. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Magic. Thank you to Ultra Pro for still Sorry, sponsored the, by them. All the baseball talk has really turned my head. Thank you to uh, Card Kingdom for being yes. pretty cool. Um, and thank you to our listeners. Come back next week where hopefully someone will have answered our physics question oh, yeah. about that baseball. <laughs>